Welcome to Unethical Podcast. we get this show on the road yeah absolutely all right so because it's just us ladies today we're going to talk about a couple little killer ladies so uh the real identities of the people involved in this case are protected under the youth criminal justice act it's not impossible to find out their real names at all um and they didn't exactly shy away from the cameras after being convicted so people know who they are But our killers are known in the media as Sandra and Elizabeth Anderson. And these are aliases created by author Bob Mitchell in his novel about the murder, The Class Project, How to Kill a Mother. Oh. So, and believe it or not, this is actually quite a light one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wow. So... On January 18th, 2003, at 10.35 p.m. in Mississauga, Ontario, a teenage girl called 911 to report that she had just found her mother unresponsive and submerged in the bathtub. The dispatcher sent emergency responders and instructed the girl on how to provide assistance to her mother. Once the emergency responders arrived, the paramedics found Linda Anderson face down in the tub, deceased. They removed her body from the tub and covered her on the floor to wait for the medical examiner. So Inspector Brent Magnus arrived on the scene shortly after and found two teenage girls in the home, 15-year-old Elizabeth Anderson and 16-year-old Sandra Anderson. And they told him that they went to meet friends for dinner, leaving their mother alone at home where she was drinking heavily. When they returned from dinner, she was gone from the living room and they found her in the bath just as she was. So they asked to go stay with their aunt nearby and they were escorted there. And then the police marked the scene, a sudden death scene and left the coroner in charge assisted by Bernie Weber, a forensics officer. So Bernie right away was immediately suspicious. Statistically drownings in bathtubs are very, very rare. And so they are almost always treated as homicide right off the bat. Yeah, so they they called it a sudden death scene. What does that mean? Uh, Accidental, typically, um, or natural causes, or just basically the police didn't stay on scene because they weren't investigating it as a homicide. That's something that the police would open into a homicide case after the medical examination found some sort of evidence that it might be. Where, like, in bathtub drownings, it's typical to find, like, bruising or something on the body or a disarray in the scene that indicates someone else was there. Okay. So, uh, do you know if CPR was attempted or? So uh, the paramedics said that there was no sign that the girls had tried to move or help her before they arrived on the scene. When they did arrive on the scene, she was already deceased and, and rigor mortis had already set in. And so they didn't perform oh. CPR either. I suppose at that point, the organs aren't useful by rigor mortis. I don't 
I don't really know exactly what the policy is for paramedics, but I assume once rigor mortis has set in, I think in general, that's all, all medical assistance stops like, or doesn't okay. start or whatever. I can see why. Yeah. I think they have to um, at least make one attempt. So they need to do all the, you know, they need to do all the doctor ABC, like, check for check airway check breathing check circulation and all of those things and if they realize that there's nothing going on there's no pulse there's no breathing there's whatever they have to make an attempt at cpr but they don't have to keep going does that make sense like they have to at least make an attempt to save the life mm. kind of do the look listen feel yeah exactly and then once they realize that nothing's going on that they can't just walk in and go oh yeah she's obviously dead she's drowned in the bathtub we're not going to do anything they have to at least make the attempt to to get to the conclusion that yeah no she's no longer here Mm. i don't know what they did uh but according to the forensics documentary that I watched on the case, because the forensics ended up being somewhat important, uh, nobody tried CPR. She was just removed from the bathtub, rigor mortis had already set in, and she was covered to wait for the medical examiner. So um, one of the reasons that I do know that is because the mushroom of foam around her face was undisturbed. So they may have done chest compressions. I don't know, but they certainly didn't do CPR in like the traditional capacity, which was standard practice, I believe, at this time. Where are we at? So Bernie Weber, the forensics officer, he made so he made note of several suspicious elements in the scene. He noticed that there was just a single vodka bottle empty on the living room table. He noticed that there were two different glasses in the bathroom with two different kinds of alcohol. He noticed that the temperature in the water in the bath should have been warmer if she was taking a typical warm bath before bed. It shouldn't have cooled to the temperature that it was that in the amount of time that it had been. And he also found that the bathroom was in very neat condition, considering the difficulty of moving dead weight in such a small room. And so basically this was, this was indicative to him that the girls didn't try to help her. Mm. There's no water anywhere on the floor or anything. Uh, There was from when the paramedics removed her, but the paramedics were trained to do it neatly. Yeah. So, but typically in a situation like this, people would try to help oh hell yeah if i came in if i went into the bathroom and my mum was face down in the bath that bathroom would be destroyed <laughs> it would be yeah yeah, yeah. i don't want to be rude or anything but you know i'm if i came into that scene it, it would be a little bit difficult for me to get my mom out of the tub so i can you know especially with water splashing under your feet and then you're absolutely gripping her yeah. and there's water splashing from her body moving in the tub mm-hmm you know, and then your feet start slipping. I can imagine just a mess if you were, yeah. if someone uh, actively tried to remove mm-hmm. her. There wasn't um, a great deal of water in the tub. That was another factor. He didn't really mark it as suspicious right off the bat. There was about um, uh, 16 inches, I believe, 16 inches of water in the tub when she was removed. And then accounting for displacement, it would have been about 24 inches. Is that right? Or am I thinking centimeters? It might be centimeters. I remember it was like a ridiculously small amount. I mean, that's two feet, you know, 
24 inches is two feet. That's not a lot. That's as long as my hair. How high is a typical bathtub though? Um, probably about there, but well, no, I'm thinking of mine. This is probably a clawfoot tub is what I'm assuming. So they're probably four feet. No, there was three, three and a half to four feet. There was crime scene pictures. It wasn't a large tub. It was one of those built into the wall tubs with like the surrounding shampoo shelves and all that stuff. So I might be thinking centimeters. It was a very small amount of water. Like her head wasn't fully even submerged. It was just like the front of her head in the water. Yep. That would make Uh, more sense. It was weird for sure. It definitely didn't seem like she ran a warm bath before bed. So we'll talk about Linda a little bit. Linda was born in Poland in 1959 and she emigrated to Canada and got married and she had her two daughters. So this marriage ended in divorce and she got married a second time and she had another son with this man. Uh, And then this man also left and neither of the fathers remained in the picture to help with their children, which unfortunately left Sandra and Elizabeth alone to care for their younger brother. And as it turned out, their very severely alcoholic mother. So uh, the teacher said that the girls were incredibly intelligent and they thought that it was a tragedy when the two girls eventually dropped out of school. And so the belief of the teachers was sort of that they dropped out of school to help at home. Mm -hmm. That wasn't really the case, but we'll get into that. So Linda was sent to the medical examiner to undergo a homicide autopsy, which is standard procedure anytime someone drowns in a bathtub. The medical examiner noticed that there were no marks on the body that are typical with an alcoholic. Alcoholics tend to get very sloppy and hurt themselves frequently. Mm -hmm. This would fit in well with the girl's story that they spent a lot of time taking care of her, that they had to keep her um, from getting like too drunk and missing work. And they had to help her with hangovers and all that stuff. They took care of her when she was drinking. Mm. So uh, Linda's blood alcohol level was found to be higher than 0.4 which is more than enough to be fatal in an average person. But if she was a chronic alcoholic, that would be enough for her to pass out drunk in the bathtub and enough to suppress the cough reflex that would kick in to get water out of her lungs. Mm -hmm. And so the medical examiner determined her death to be an accidental drowning due to excessive alcohol consumption. And the case was closed. Right. Beth and Sandra moved in permanently with their aunt and they received over $200,000 from their mother's life insurance. They didn't return to school, and over the next 11 months, they spent their days as they had been doing since they dropped out of school, which was instant messaging with friends and smoking a lot of weed. Mm. But that 11 months ended when a longtime friend of both of the sisters, who knew Linda quite well, reached out to the police after Sandra had told him that she killed their mother on purpose. Oh, yeah. And what was the life settlement? $200,000. That's a lot of weed. It's a lot of weed. It's a lot of weed. <laughs> if they were smart, they would have flipped it. They're not. You'll see. How old were they at this time? How old were they? Uh, they would have been 16 and 17 now because it's about a year okay. later. Right. That's young. They're young. So the police were really hesitant to believe the young man outright because teenagers just do fucked up shit like this. Not only do they do fucked up shit like saying I totally killed my mom, but they do fucked up shit like 
telling their telling on their friends because you know like she they were dating and she wouldn't put out or something you know teenagers are just fucked up she wouldn't give you they wouldn't give him any free weed (laughs) or something yeah they were really hesitant to believe him right off the bat and it was also really difficult because the conversation that he says happened happened over instant message and because in Canada, we take our privacy laws so seriously, they would need a, a whole series of proper approval without Sandra's permission to access the instant messaging history that he did, yeah. that he had with Sandra. Mm-hmm. And so after talking to the young man, they decided this was worth pursuing. And eventually they were able to secure the approval that they needed. And a homicide investigation was opened. So the police, their next step was to orchestrate an undercover operation where the boy would pick the sisters up in a vehicle that they provided that was wired with surveillance equipment. And so they needed him to get them to admit in person that they killed Linda. So he picked them up in this vehicle four times. And Sandra was always very quick to brag and spill her guts about everything. Beth was less forthcoming. Beth, Elizabeth, Beth. Mm-hmm. Um, and But based on the things that she did say, it was reasonable to infer that she was involved. But the police were, again, naturally still hesitant to act. They had no concrete proof that the sisters weren't just trying to impress him by playing the role of exciting, dangerous girls. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're they have this belief about women and especially about young girls, their cavalier attitude about the whole thing. If they had been involved, they were like, there's no way that these girls can be this heartless. Right. They, they're, they're just cavalier about it because they're lying. Yeah. And maybe it's a way that they're coping with the death of their mom, like just by acting brave and, you know, being like, because I mean, even if they hadn't killed her, they would have had mixed feelings about her dying anyway. Because you know, she she put so much stress on them as young girls. A part of them, even if she hadn't died by her own hand, would have kind of there would have been that moment of relief where they would have been like, "Oh, I don't have to. We don't have to look after her anymore." And then the guilt would kick in, and they'd be like oh no, I can't think that way. So maybe they're, you know, it'd be confusing because you'd be like, maybe they're just trying to, this is their way of coping with the guilt of their mother's death and feeling like they were somehow responsible. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't know anything. They don't know anything about their home life at this point, really. Yeah, exactly. They really only talked to them the one time when they were like this is what happened and that was pretty much the last step the police were involved in they don't know Mm -hmm. they don't know anything yeah so but on the fourth meetup sandra claimed that they had given linda vodka which the police knew about they knew that she'd been drinking there was the vodka bottle in the house it was in her system whatever but she had also been giving her tylenol threes which uh christy would know is a painkiller with high levels of cody Mm mm-hmm So the police tested the blood that they had saved from Linda. Fortunately, the medical examiner was was, uh, forward thinking. He did take two samples, one he tested for the blood alcohol content and one he kept. And they found that it did indeed contain a suspicious level of codeine. 
And so this was the first piece of concrete evidence that suggested that they were definitely involved. And so they they went ahead and arrested the sisters. Mm-hmm. Clever detective. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the police work in this was excellent, in my opinion. You know, there were there really wasn't anything they could do at the beginning. And so I, I don't hold that against them. But they really stepped up, even though it was just some teenage boy, like slamming more work on their table, you know? Yeah. Possibly like a vindictive move against like an ex-girlfriend or something. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And the forensics officers too, um, Bernie Weber, he took uh, crime scene photos of every bit of that house. And took note of everything. He took pictures of like the garbage can. He took, he was just on the ball for something that could have been nothing. And it, it obviously helped in trial. It was just excellent Mm -hmm. police work from start to finish in this situation, in this case, which is hard to find actually. Yeah. It's a good thing. They had that background knowledge that usually bath bathroom drownings are homicides. That's, I mean, that's good to know, (laughs) you know? Mm. yeah one i watched an uh, an interview with the um judge and he was saying that in his entire career he's seen uh six six bathtub drownings and then he was like i won't say how many of them but less than half were accidents wow so, well were accidents you know what i mean yeah. maybe they just didn't and- have some fat mouth girls going i actually did it there's probably some killer yeah. on the loose so i would absolutely assume as someone with no investigative background that bathroom drownings would be accidental most of them that's absolutely what i would assume mm-hmm. especially I- as a 17 year old girl one of like my early memories was watching an episode of cold case it maybe the first 48 uh, one of those right one of those daytime true crime shows and it was this woman who drowned in the bathtub but she drowned because she had ripped she she there was a grab bar on the wall like a towel rack that she held and she slipped hit her head and drowned and then i don't remember somebody was like i have an anonymous tip for you it was her husband or whatever it's always the husband and so they actually did a full recreation of the scene with a girl that was the exact same size and weight to see if she could get that towel bar off. And she couldn't. She literally had to reef it off the fucking wall. Yeah. Like use a foot and pull. <laughs> it was, yeah, this, yeah. Just this tiny girl, like just like yanking at this fucking towel rack for like 10 minutes straight to get it off the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen accidentally. Okay, so the girls are arrested. So they keep the girls separate throughout the interrogations. They don't want them influencing each other. And then once the girls were both secured in police custody, they brought in an additional 45 people for questioning who had either been implicated in or who the girls had spoken to about the crime openly. Wow. So they did this a lot. They told a lot of people. Jesus Christ. That's just dumb to begin with. 45 people. <laughs> if you want to murder someone, don't tell everyone. <laughs> don't tell anyone. Yeah. Not to not to tell you guys how to commit murder or anything, but hmm. I mean, smart move is shut up. <laughs> like just don't say anything. If you want to get away with it, don't tell your entire town. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Well, it's a good thing for us because we don't want him to get away with it. No, exactly. So uh, according to several statements, the girls started out just sort of talking big about wanting to kill their drunk of a mother so that they wouldn't have to take care of her anymore or deal with her series of shitty boyfriends anymore. But their friends said that eventually it reached a point where they just hyped themselves up so much with their cathartic bitching that when they started believing they could do it or like that they started believing they could do it. Mm. And the friends said this reached like ultimate motivation when they knew about when they found out about the life insurance policy that she had. So they had made plans with their friends that after they killed their mom, they're going to finance a trip to Europe with all the friends and a big house with a big yard where they were going to grow weed, which is so 15, $200,000. You could skip all of that. Yeah. I was about to say, do they not know how much things cost? (laughs) I guess not. But although this like adjusting for inflation, it's a decent amount of money. I mean, that's mm. probably five years salary. Oh yeah. yeah. And they could have been the biggest kingpins in Canada if they wanted to, but they sure did not. They wanted to get a what? A house? They wanted to get attention. They wanted to tell everybody that they killed their mom. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they wanted. And then be the rich I girls agree. with the life insurance policy. Yeah, but they had the life insurance policy for 11 months and did fucking nothing with it. Just sat around, smoked weed. Yeah. And they could have done so much. Invest. They could have invested it, but they're 17. What do they know about that? They didn't do anything. Oh, wow. That being said, I don't know if they actually had access to it or if the aunt had control over it until they turned 18. That wasn't Uh, specified, but I assume that was a factor. I don't know how it works when people die. But I mean, imagine being that aunt. Just the guilt. All they have to do is be like, auntie, please. Can I have can I have a thousand dollars real quick? It depends on it depends on how what the mother would have written. Like she could have said they can have it at 16, they can have it at 18. It would have it would have all depended on her wishes and also like the um, conditions of the company that give out the life insurance policy. So well, she didn't have a will. It was just a life insurance policy. Considering her lifestyle choices, I don't think she prepared for the future too much. (laughs) Especially not for her kids. Yeah, And I believe that was through her work. She had life insurance. Um, Right. I think I may have read she was a nurse, but I could be wrong. I'm not 100% sure. I'm sure the assumption was that they'd be older. Mm. So, like, I mean, like, if I died, like, I have life insurance and they wouldn't give it to your seven-year-old kid (laughs) yeah they're not just gonna cut him a check you know (laughs) there you go use colors on it (laughs) it would probably just go to my folks right or it would stay in it would stay in trust until he turned 18 something like that yeah so no one would actually get it it would just stay in trust until in a trust until jack actually became of age and then it would be given to him Mm. yeah i don't know the details but i don't think that they had open access to it but i'm sure their aunt was being more than generous their aunt was also grieving this is their mother's sister that they're living with so it's a tough situation absolutely so 
Sandra spent four hours in interrogation. And while she was in, in the interrogation, she was extremely agitated and she just kept denying her involvement. But after the four hours, she suddenly just burst into tears and she admitted that she did it. She killed her mom. And then the police were like, okay, I gotta go deal with some shit. They left her in the room and she fell asleep mm-hmm. on the floor in the interrogation room. Then in the other room, Beth, Beth isn't budging. She's not agitated. She's not nervous. She's just, I didn't do anything. I'm not involved. Fuck you guys for bringing me in here. I want to talk to my sister. Is she the younger one, Beth? Yes. Yes. And so finally the detective, he's like, "Mm, I got to make a judgment call. And he decides that he's going to allow them to speak to each other because he's like, maybe, maybe Sandra will convince Beth to confess. That's really all we can hope for at this point because we can't do anything as it is. So he puts them in the room together and they're separated again. And then Sandra recants her confession. Oh, God. (laughs) She says, I'm sorry I lied to you. I hope I don't get in trouble for lying to the police. It was just a joke. Yes, you get in trouble for lying to the police. (laughs) She didn't. Oh, lucky, lucky. She was a minor, and that's a factor here. Was she white? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah. yeah. Man, man, they, would have been, they would have been arrested straight away in the beginning when she was first found if they weren't. 11 months in, they'd be in prison already. Let's be serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the only remaining lead that the detectives had was to search the hard drive on the sisters' computers. And uh, fortunately, this was 2003, the, the, tech, the tech capabilities were pretty good already at that point. Remember when we covered Sharon Lopatka and that was like the beginning of, of sort yeah. of the uh, forensic, I can't remember what it's called right now. It's got a name. Web forensics. Is it digital? <laughs> digital. Yes, you're probably right. Digital forensics. That was like brand new. And it was like, oh my gosh, they found her emails. Like, oh, but mm-hmm. they, they'd come pretty far. They were able to recover all of the deleted data on the computer. Wow. These girls were also not smart. So mm-hmm. clearly. Well, they were actually, they were incredibly smart. They were just um, kids, really. They were just not yeah. forward thinking. Yeah. They probably just assumed that if they deleted something, it was gone forever. Exactly. Like, I mean, who doesn't trust a trash can? Right. Mm -hmm. No hard drive involved at all. (laughs) Yeah. So on the girls' computers, they found many personal conversations that painted a very biased picture of their home life. So according to the girls, as, as I said, Linda had been married twice. Both marriages had failed. And she had recently broken up with yet another boyfriend. And her breakups are always followed by a very very heavy binge drinking spiral Mm -hmm. so she was currently going through one of those and they said to their friends that all of her relationships were very volatile and very physically abusive and so they'd been putting up with that shit for god knows how long Mm -hmm. and then when they all inevitably ended linda would overindulge in alcohol and she would end up spending so much money on alcohol that she wouldn't feed them she wouldn't pay the bills and the girls couldn't take a shower or wash their clothes at home 
Um, and their younger brother is like around in this picture somewhere. He just never really comes up because of the youth justice thing. And he's yeah. younger, right? Younger than the two. Yeah. So yeah. they're taking care of him too at the same time. Um, but either way, you know, she's, she's spending any money on alcohol and basically nothing else. Also, she's, she frequently gets fired when she's, uh, going through these spirals. She gets fired a lot as it is because she's a drunk, but she's a lot more likely to get fired during these periods. And so, so having money is probably few and far between. So as soon as she has it, she goes to the beer store. Huge factor for sure. And so this is just their version of events though. So um, the girls would frequently complain to their friends that their friends had so much nicer stuff than them. Uh, and they also bitched like a lot about wanting a swimming pool. That was like a big thing for them in Canada. Oh, they also said that Linda allegedly would force them to get her pills off the street. This was something that they did for her quite a lot. Do you know which kind? Recreational. <laughs> I don't know. Probably opiates, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So um, none of the conversations clearly stated that they had faced any kind of sexual abuse from any of their mother's partners. And so it wasn't considered a factor in the investigation. But after her release in an interview, Sandra did say that she was sexually abused. Mm. So this was a factor, too. So regardless, the situation had gotten so bad for them that they had just started fantasizing about how much better their life would be if she just died, you know, six, seven months before the the actual murder. They started sort of fantasizing about it with their friends. And then the planning started about four months prior. The facts in this case do paint a slightly different picture. Linda had actually saved a significant amount of money for the girls' college education that the girls didn't know about. And she was working sometimes up to four jobs at once. And her financial overview indicated that her spoiling of the girls actually contributed to the financial struggle more than her alcoholism. They had, they were always getting new clothes and things like that. Funny how they fail to mention that to the police. Well, of course they do. It's a totally, you know, sure. You can buy me all the clothes I want, but you can't buy me a swimming pool. (laughs) Broke ass drunk. Sounds like trauma both ways, you know? Uh, I assume their mother had a lot of guilt. I assume so too. Yeah. Yeah. Which is trauma and something led to the alcoholism, you know, whether it's hereditary or past trauma or something, you know, or just really likes it. Who knows what she went through in Poland? And, and she was, yeah, she I was going to say she's Polish. She's Polish. If she, if she doesn't drink, then <laughs> it's the drink keeping her alive. She also is probably coping with all of the the string of abusive relationships. So it's a whole thing. Okay, so at the time of the murder, Linda had actually just recently been fired, and so she was only working one job. And uh, as I said, she was fired frequently because of issues related to her alcohol dependence. So considering she was working up to four jobs sometime and she's now down to one, that's another thing that sort of just made this specific time frame the perfect storm for the daughters. Mm-hmm. So the police also found several search history logs about alcohol effects when mixed with painkillers as well as how long someone needs to stay underwater in order to drown. Oh, dear. 
all signs point to guilty. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Ask Jeeves, you betrayed me. <laughs> uh, they also found in their digging that a friend of Beth and Sandra had been complicit in the murder. And this was a young man who was a local lifeguard and he had been giving them advice on how to successfully drown Linda. He also had provided the T3s and the vodka and he had gone to the restaurant that night early before the girls arrived to get himself a, a receipt for their alibi. Ooh. So very much involved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the next time the girls left the detention center, they were attending their bail hearing. And they made quite an impression on the press and professionals in the court because they showed up to the bail hearing in the same pajamas they were wearing the night that they were arrested. Oh, gross. So this was obviously a plan by the defense lawyer uh, who complained to the court that these two poor innocent girls were ripped from their beds. They were not allowed to get dressed and they were thrust immediately into the detention center. And uh, so the pajamas were all they had to wear. Because they can't call their aunt and ask them to bring them a pair of clothes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The truth was that they had refused to get changed when the police came and picked them up. And they refused to get changed at the police station when they offered them to when they offered them clothes there or also to have someone bring them clothes. When they offered them a jumpsuit. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I don't know. (laughs) Here, you'll, you'll look great in orange. It's the new black I hear. (laughs) (laughs) oh the other thing too was that according to all their friends they basically lived in pajamas so they probably weren't even sleeping when they were picked up they just spent all of their time in pajamas Mm -hmm. that sounds exactly like me when i was 17 and smoking way too much pot (laughs) yeah except i at school too i would also be wearing pajamas (laughs) except i didn't smoke pot (laughs) yeah i used to go to school in pajamas And then after school, I'd shower and change and get ready to go out for the night. (laughs) Yeah. Anytime I wasn't at work, I was in pajamas. I've always had an opposite life, (laughs) opposite way of life. I'm in pajamas right now. So (laughs) me too. Technically, this is what I slept in, which is just a skirt and a t-shirt. A skirt? Yeah. It's long. It's all the way down. Oh, like a, gotcha. Cool. Like a flowy skirt. Yeah. Cool. So the pajamas made for great publicity for the sisters, naturally. And they used their manipulative abilities to craft quite a narrative where their mother was horribly abusive. Uh, She demeaned them constantly and she blamed them for her drinking and her failed relationships. There's no evidence that this is true, but it could be. We really don't know a whole lot. Yeah. It's probably been said a time or two, but just in the heat of the moment, of course, no mother is going to blame their kids for their own turmoil. That's not true. Like consciously. I'm sure they do it subconsciously and then they tell them (laughs) when they're drunk on vodka. Yep. And that's exactly when it would happen. Abuse is abuse. (laughs) So uh, ultimately they were granted bail. And they were placed under house arrest with their aunt, their mother's sister, while they are on trial for murdering her. Jesus. That's awkward. Yeah. I don't know if the aunt (laughs) thought they were guilty or not. I have no idea. So uh, the police also returned their computers to them. 
And uh, no one can say they're not consistent because they immediately continue to blab their fat mouths to their friends about fooling everyone. Oh my God. So they're out on bail and still blabbing. Oh yeah. They just can't fucking stop. My gosh. Huge brag. Huge bush. If they're even existent at that point. 17, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. So during their time under house arrest, the police were able to use the statements from the people that they talked to, as well as the data on the girls' computers to put together a clear picture of what had happened. So the girls started pouring their mother drinks around lunchtime on January 3rd, and they were also pretending to drink with her, which would explain the different kind of alcohol that they found in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So they were able to very easily get their mother to take the pills. They didn't put it in her drink or anything she just took them because she'd been taking pills from them for quite a long time and so they continued to feed her pills and alcohol until she was barely conscious and once she was in that sedated state one of the sisters went and ran a bath for her so they very carefully brought her into the bathroom uh this is probably a combination of they've been very carefully escorting her to bed for quite a long time and also because they didn't want to leave any marks on her as they went Mm -hmm. so during the entire thing basically after she was almost passed out beth was on the phone with a friend and sandra wearing latex gloves they'd gotten a text from one of their friends just before saying don't forget to wear gloves so oh my god their friends were really involved in this quite a quite a large network of people were cheering them on that's awful yes it is horrible it just goes to show what teenagers are capable of mm-hmm. especially in droves not only capable of but like just tell someone there had to be people who knew and just yeah. didn't say anything like yeah. i feel like this came up in one of the other cases that we've talked about where like everyone knew but oh it was a uh, patreon bonus episode sylvia likens oh yes same thing. Yes. Whole neighborhood yep. knew. No one said anything. Yep. So Sandra's wearing latex gloves. She gently held her mother's head under the water with an open palm so as not to leave bruises on her. Mm-hmm. And apparently they actually timed how long to hold her head under to make sure that she was under for four minutes. Oh so they God. literally sat there and waited for four minutes to go by on their phone or whatever. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Once the four minutes was up, Sandra released her head, confirmed that she was dead, and then they ran from the house to the restaurant where their friends were already waiting for them, and they had dinner in celebration of their victory. Wow. Yeah. Did the little brother go with them? Oh, we don't know. I assume the little they arranged for the little brother to be out of the house that night, would be my guess. Yeah, I was going to say, you wouldn't just want to leave him in the house with their dead mom just floating in the bars. Yeah. So the trial began one year after they were arrested, which was two years after the murder. They became known in the press as the Bathtub Sisters. And in court, the defense argued that the motive was just to escape abuse and alcoholism. But the Crown prosecutor argued that they did this for the life insurance and the life insurance only. Mm -hmm. So the prosecutors were able to get all of the friends involved in the planning to testify against the girls, including the male accomplice who was arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit murder. I don't know what happened to him, 
but he served a sentence. I don't know what it was. I bet the rest were offered immunity for their testimony. They certainly were. Yep. So during the trial, reporters said that the girls giggled to each other and whispered during the autopsy testimony. And Sandra, who was now 18, somehow managed to release nude photos of herself online to create another headline. Oh, my gosh. And she's how old at the time? She's 18 now. Oh, damn. I was going to say they could have got her for producing porno- uh, child abuse materials. They certainly could have. Dang it. But that did not happen. <laughs> I mean, no, not dang it. No, don't do that. If it gets her in prison, man, probably would have. Mm. That would have gotten her more time, I'm sure, too. No, no, wouldn't have. No. Wouldn't have. Sorry. Nope. Okay. Not sorry. here. Yeah. Probably down there it would have. Not here, though. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to confuse the countries. <laughs> <laughs> so the trial lasted several weeks, and the judge determined it to be the most clear cut guilty case in his entire career due to the overwhelming evidence on their computers. Mm hmm. So the prosecution did their best to make sure that the intense planning and the casual attitude involved in the murder of Linda was highlighted in court, and they very much succeeded. This was so incredibly planned and calculated and cold. Mm -hmm. But, and it's a big but, because they were minors in Canada, they could only be sentenced to a maximum of 10 years. That is just the law here. And only six of those years can be served incarcerated. So both of the girls were sentenced to the maximum penalty of 10 years, and they were both released after only four. (gasps) They released them together, too? They did. Do they not understand that the two of them together is so dangerous? Oh, my Lord. They're both out now. Yeah, in several months before Holy even, crap. you know, putting the plan in action, they were talking to their friends about buying their friends a house mm-hmm. to all live in together. So, yeah, even that is like several months in advance. It was premeditated. Mm-hmm. There's no is there is there a time limit in Canada for premeditation? Or is it like is it like in the US where it's either one minute or several months from from time to time? It's totally subjective. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they were they weren't housed together, but they were released at the same time. Um, whether or not it was part of their parole that they have no contact, I don't know. It is definitely possible. Uh, because of the situation with them being minors, it is very, very difficult what to tell to tell what went on sort of during and after. So, but what we do know now is that their parole period ended in 2016. And they have since both been living quiet lives for the most part. Uh, both of them went on to get a higher education. Sandra studied engineering and Beth studied law. Wow. Surprising no one. Mm-hmm. They've both since changed their names a few times. Beth is married and speaks publicly about the abolition of prisons. She's a public speaker. Uh, according to her prison therapist, he highly recommended that Beth not be released when she was. He described her as showing no remorse for what she had done and a significant risk to lie, manipulate, and engage in illegal activities to get what she wants. Really not surprised. Yeah. Sandra is apparently a single mother now, working as a scientist, and she says that she was diagnosed as having dissociative identity disorder while in prison. Mm. 
But the biggest thing that we can gauge from this is that it is very possible that Sandra was the one who actually held her mother's head under the water because Beth was the real mastermind behind the whole plan. Yeah. She seems to be the more calculated, the more cold of the two. And it was Sandra who wouldn't shut the fuck up about it for the most part. Mm. So we think Beth planned it, but Sandra was the one who was gung-ho to execute it. She would have manipulated her into doing it. I think Beth planned it that way because then she could say, well, I didn't kill her. Sandra did, which isn't mm. not, which is true. So, yeah, but she's still 15 and stupid. So she didn't consider the computer thing to be a huge issue, I guess, but mm. very, very cunning, very manipulative, very smart, very dangerous. Young lady. And is studying law. She might be done now. Going to go well. All I know is that currently she speaks publicly on the abolition of prisons. Wow. She's, she seems a little bit narcissistic. I'm sure she is. So, yeah. I mean, these two girls literally got away with murder. Literally got away yep. with it. But they couldn't mm-hmm. keep their fucking mouths shut. And that's the only reason they ever served any time at all. But regardless yeah. of that, in the court of public opinion, despite serving four years, they they still got away with it. it yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're protected. They didn't even have to change their names. People wouldn't have known what they were. Mm-hmm. I think the reason that people know their names now is because somebody, one of them got an award at like through university and she used her real name and somebody recognized the picture and was able to track the names of everyone involved in this case based on that. I think that's the only wow. reason. Do you know if they're living in the same city together? I have no idea. Oh man, this you got just tons of psychopaths running free. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. I wonder if she married Vincent Lee. I was about to say, I bet you they're friends with Vince Lee. <laughs> Probably not married to, but <laughs> friends. This kind of gives me like Slender Man stabbing vibes too. The two, yeah. like they were much younger, but still. And they got more time. Well, they didn't get any time, technically. They were in um, mental institutions. Yes. Right. Yeah. But for more than six years, right? Indefinitely. Indefinitely. That's right. One of them might be being considered to let out the Slender Man girls. I don't. Yeah. 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 No, one of them was recently approved for parole. I can't remember their names at the moment. Morgan and Anisha. Yeah. Alyssa. Alyssa? Uh, wait, Anissa. What? Well, it's something An- weird. Anissa. Anissa. Yeah, Anissa. Anissa is the one who yeah. was recently approved for parole, either day parole or regular parole. I don't know. So we got yeah. tons of psychopaths running free out here too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's scary because they're so like youths are so protected in Canada. But at what point in your life are you the most likely to do something that reckless? Mm-hmm. you know i mean they're less likely to le- likely to do it as adults i think but yeah. and that's why so many more teenagers die in car crashes because they're more reckless they're more likely to drive at speed in dangerous weather mm-hmm. you know they they're more likely to take risks so yeah. at what point do we say well you guys are more likely to take risks so you need to pay the you need to pay the penalty. So where does where do we draw the line? 
Here we draw the line at 18, which I think is garbage because a lot of youthful offenders go on to become grown offenders. Absolutely. And repeat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they ended up, they end up in and out of the incarceration system anyway. And it's not like it doesn't work, you know, like the prison system doesn't work. Them going to prison doesn't actually make them better in any way. It's not going to teach them their lesson if they weren't going to learn the lesson in the first place. So ultimately it makes no difference, but there's still a debt to society that has to be paid somehow. Yeah. And with these two, I mean, and they're getting out at 22, 23. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they've still got all of their lives to live. Yeah. Like I will say, you know, just, just being in like a, an abusive, uh, abusive relationship. I had like 19 to 23, like was taken from me. And then Mm -hmm. after that, I was even more reckless. Yeah. You know, it was a couple years after that, that I even got into legal trouble, Mm. you know? So I can't say that I was any more mature at that age because I wasn't taught the right way to do things yeah straight out of high school you know what I mean like I was influenced by someone who had ill intentions for me mm. so therefore I I followed because I didn't yeah. know better and once I knew better it didn't take me long to get out of the situation but I was like I'm free it was one of those I'm free I'm gonna go live my life of course I wouldn't go murder somebody I wasn't I'm not a violent person but you know, I got into drugs, got a little more in alcohol just on the weekends. You know, I learned how to not drink 10 beers, 12 beers a night just to cope yeah. with my living situation. Like I was actually living. Mm-hmm. Sandra seems more like you than, I mean, Beth is too calculated for that. I yeah. think Beth is probably a sociopath. I don't think she has like the hedonistic desires that a lot of people have. I think every everything that she does that's sketchy is calculated and for a reward in some way or another it's absolutely for her benefit yeah sandra's just as smart as beth but she's a mess influenced she she's can be influenced easily yeah i wonder if she's figured that out and doesn't have a relationship with her sister now like she figured out that she was manipulated when she was younger by her sister and now doesn't have anything to do with her I feel like we can only hope. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't think that people like this should be protected. You know, the two youthful offenders that to this day, like I, I genuinely feel like if I saw them, I would kill them. I know exactly who you're going to say. Do you? Mm-hmm. Those two boys who killed yeah. James Bolger. James. Yep. Is that the train? Is that the mm-hmm. train kid? Oh, oh. Yep. From the mall, right? Absolutely. That's yep. that story? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely agree. The fact that they are out now is infuriating to me and I would kill them with pleasure. That happened in Canada? No, that was in the UK. Oh, wow. They should never be out. No. No, not at all. Mm-mm. I'm actually amazed that they're still alive. I know, me too. Like, do they live in, like, a bomb shelter? 
how has nobody killed them yet? They are despicable. Yeah. They should be hunted for sport, and that's better than they deserve. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it gives me the shivers. Me too. My legs are full of goose goose flesh. Yep. Uh, a little bit older than, uh, a little bit younger than Gabe. He was four, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So he's the same age as Gabe. So. And those are teenage just... boys. They. Mm-mm. Nope. No, not teenage. They were like eleven. Oh, preteen. Yeah. I thought they were twelve and thirteen. Eleven and twelve, I believe. Oh my god. What do you mean, still? Still, that is that's even worse, you know, because. Oh my god. And it was just because they wanted to see. They just wanted to see what happened. That's that's their excuse. That is awful. Yeah. That is awful. That is like that one guy who did the same thing, but on his own, just to see what would happen and like put sticks in all sorts of orifices just to poke his heart. Yeah, yeah you know, whatever, do it to yourself then. Don't like it. It was yeah, it just started exactly. as like a I wonder, I wonder if we could get away with taking a kid. Yeah. And then once they had the kid, they're like, well, now I don't know what to do with it, but I don't want to get yeah, in what trouble. What are we doing now? And yeah. what kind of fucking person has even that thought? I, w- I wonder what happens if I take a kid. Someone who deserves to be dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't take children. You don't take anyone. It- Do everything to yourself. Leave other people alone. If you've got these thoughts of what you just, that's fine. Listen, people, it's time to be better and do better. Let's be better humans. Look after each other. If you're going to kill someone, don't tell people after. <laughs> don't talk about it on on MSN Messenger. You literally <laughs> got away with murder. Shut up. Shut shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> they got away with murder. Then they didn't. Yep. Then they did. And they just like, it's like, get away with it for a long time. Brag about it. And then get caught and then have be able to brag to the whole world in the headlines, serve like a, a tiny speck of time. They bragged about it on parole or on, on bail. They bragged about it on bail. Like they should have been convicted for the, they should have stayed for the entire 10 years and then needed to be supervised afterwards. Like, like, Vince Lee did for a short time until he was released from there too without any sort. These girls aren't mentally ill. I mean, they're sick, but not mentally ill. I mean, even her therapist was like, she's a psychopath going out there talking about abolition of prisons just because she was in one, right? Mm -hmm. And isn't that the most insane thing too, to be like, well, you know what? I didn't like prison. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get rid of prisons. All of them. And then I can do whatever <laughs> I want. Yeah. yeah. Another manipulative tactic. She's just trying to get the whole country on her side now. Then again, I kind of wonder now. I kind of wonder if maybe Beth wanted to get caught. But why? Because because she's smart enough and she wanted to be a lawyer. Maybe she already knew the law. Yeah. Maybe she already figured out that they can't sentence them for more than 10 years and they wouldn't do more than four. So she's like, oh, well, it's a small price to pay. Yeah, for power, for recognition, for your your education paid for by the government. We absolutely cannot put it past her at all. Mm. 
I don't know. This and you know, and when she's a lawyer, she'll have some form of notoriety about it. You know, everyone's like, oh, I'm being represented by the woman that killed her mum, you know, and got away with it. So, of course, she's going to get me off. What so. if she can, like, run for judge? Oh. Or what do you call him in Canada? A judge. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't made a stoner joke, so I had to make one. <laughs> call him the ref. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is, though. It is who plays a better game in the courtroom. But yeah, and he's up there fucking banging his gavel, blowing his whistle, telling people to <laughs> settle down or they're going to get a fucking, they're going to go to the penalty box. It's the same thing as perjury mm-hmm. or um, not perjury, fucking contempt. It's a penalty box. Yeah. Yeah. Held in contempt. So they are basically refs. Five minutes for fighting. <laughs> <laughs> guys thanks so much for listening head on over to our facebook and instagram to join in on the conversations about all things unethical just search unethical podcast you can also find us on patreon where you can get access to all of our super awesome content uncut videos of our discussions and early release of all the episodes we are adding fun stuff all the time so you should definitely come and check it out thanks again we appreciate all of you Ba ba ba! <laughs>